0: tailoring you're the best it's a pleasure beyond measure that was a sick drop you rhymed inexplicable on the spot that's not easy despicable sick drop on the spot
1: Ooh. what come on bro that wasn't inexplicable though we gotta do some freestyle
0: sitting in front of the tv it's unclickable lost the remote (laughs) unstickable the charges they say about me unthinkable you
1: give me that thick milkshake, undrinkable. Oh. <laughs> yeah, man, but you got to drink it raw. But you better get a real big straw. You know what? It's got to flow, and then it's all good to go down the esophagus. Uh-oh. 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 With esophagus.
0: esophagus, there's no stopping us because you oh. know that we got the top. We're dropping this. What? <laughs> You saved me, man. Oh, that's good. We're not battling. We're um, it's two bars, two bars. Yeah, exactly. That's what I like doing, back and forth. Yeah. Is this being recorded?
2: (laughs) (laughs) By the way,
1: (laughs) you are, dearly beloved listeners, are no strangers to the glories of In and Out. As often as (laughs) we we talk about it here, but you know, someone. Really has an in and out problem when they
2: begin to eat the in and out gift card <laughs> i shouldn 't have told you do you know
1: someone who did that right <laughs> i 'm going to
2: spill the beans. I was coming up this bridge in the narrow pathway and I saw a guy with his stroller and his wife walking behind him and they got a kid in a stroller, and I went past them and they moved over for me to go past on my electric bike with my dog. And I thought, oh, this is very kind of them. I'll give them an In-N-Out card each. They didn't speak English, never clue what I was saying when I said In-N-Out. So I said, ham burger, burger <laughs> ham. It was just crazy. And so I got the In-N-Out. Coupons or vouchers or what are they called cards cards. and I put them in my mouth and bit them (laughs) (laughs) So dumb with thought what am I doing? They still didn't figure what I was saying So I just said pesos. That's the only Spanish word I know (laughs) and they took the cards and we left and they left smiling
1: Ray, why?
2: Yeah, I don't know. Just question. I just thinking I'm crazy.
1: I seriously wonder what they walked away thinking yeah. I would have loved to have heard their conversation. Yeah, like we just
2: saw a man with a dog on a bike and the sunglasses on the dog and he's eating, he's cards. eating cards. He gave me cards that, we, that he tried eating. We've tried eating these cards and they don't taste
1: that. <laughs> I was going to say, that's a lawsuit coming. Know, like, it know. must be a New, Inc- uh, new Zealand delicacy. <laughs> <laughs> that's insane. Yeah. Ray, how many, how many of those do you think you've given out? No.
2: Uh, 19,000 I think it's in total Wow No way Thanks to Mark Spence I used to give out Subway And he said no People in Southern California Will like In-N-Out So I converted to In-N-Out From 19, Subway
1: 19,000
2: That was just to one lady All to one food. lady
1: <laughs> <laughs> Trying to <laughs> unlock her belly
3: <laughs> Well you've got to love The prices of In-N-Out as well So it's not just quality food Like my son last night at 11.30 he Comes in my room and he says Hey dad I'm going to go to In-N-Out Do you want anything? Right, I mean it's, uh-huh. so. It's great food, and it's yeah. really, We really feed our.
4: Cheap. T- I feel like we base like whether a meal is expensive or cheap based in and out, in and out is our standard because totally. we can feed the family for like twenty eight dollars. <laughs> yeah, right. So if we go somewhere else and spend more, it's too expensive. That's the standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You so know, I just
2: like to stop for a minute and thank our sponsors. And <laughs> <laughs> you know, Laura Seriously. recently said, uh,
3: "You know, Mark, you're the cheapest guy in the world," mm. and I, I'm just not buying it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Snuck it in. That's true. All right, friends. Look, Snuck we... it in. That sounds like that crazy man in the Halloween video. <laughs> <Snuck> <laughs> it in. <laughs> I
1: love it. That thing lives on. All right, friends. Uh, we got to be quick today because Oscar, Mark, and I were recently at G three, the wonderful conference in Atlanta. Eighty three hundred people. We had a booth there. And we got to interview some of our dearest friends, most of the speakers actually. I didn't so, see any deers there. <laughs> Venison friends. Uh, and you're going to see these uh, or hear these sprinkled all throughout. Uh, we'll see where we're going to put them. Some will be consecutive, some not. But first, a comment. This is from MDUOCFE or something like that. I might have to unfollow. I absolutely love listening to you all, but after the criticism of Elf, I might have to stop listening. <laughs> Just kidding, but Elf is seriously my fave. Oh, boy. You all are a blessing to listen to. The fact that you all are unafraid to speak the truth challenges me to pray to be more bold as a witness. Thank you for all you do in this ministry. Thank you. Sorry that you like Elf. It's oh, a great movie. But now you're Mark's friend. And mine. Oh, oh, an Oscar! Oh, story. so it was
2: a movie. I was singing that idiot thing on television, about two hundred years ago, this Elf crude puppet thing from outer space. Oh, Alf!
1: A L F. That's Alf. what I just said. Alien I said elf. <laughs> elf. Elf, Elf. Oh, oh, Alf was the best. Yeah. Alfie or Alf? I
2: do that. I don't know. Alfie was a movie that came oh, out. He was always me trying to get the cat. That's why I love him. On home.
1: Yeah. All right, friends. This <laughs> podcast is brought to you by uh, the Tract Sample Pack. A sample of the overwhelming majority of the tracts we carry. Make sure to check it out along with the Living Waters mug. They have a study Bible all at livingwaters.com. Yes. And with that beautiful song, we introduce our dear brother, Owen Stran, mispronounced as Strachan. By many. <laughs> that's how Pastor <laughs> Philip, our pastor, pronounces it. Strak. It's because he's, uh, he's Irish, isn't he? I don't know what strand is, I'm sure. No, oh, not
2: well. Stran. You're pastor oh, Irish. That's
1: Strain. true. Yes, friends. Anyhow, we had a wonderful time with Owen. We talked about how to fight and win mm-hmm. against the war on men, connected to his new book, The War on Men, which, as you'll hear, uh, is available now for you to get. So get it. Without any further ado, here's our friend, Owen. Well, friends, he is no stranger to you. He's the bro you know because he's got that Ryman flow, Uh the rapping professor, Uh Owen Strand does
4: everybody know about this hidden gift of yours is it well is it well documented what
1: you didn't it's you didn't know steve lawson's his beatboxer <laughs> be oh my incredible. word that would be epic
0: that would be <laughs> lit as they say it's a well-hidden gift it's a hidden let's gift. put it let's put okay, it that way yeah, it's
1: well oh right. uh, it's, yeah. it's exposed now <laughs> well hidden with that video you got on there man you still got that video up i the... i don't know oh, i'm man. not sure that was epic how does it go <laughs> um, I plead the fifth on that. Yeah. So for
4: people who don't know, what are you guys what are you guys referring to here? Your, your guys is yeah. mutual right, talent. He, yeah. he
1: he drops some rhymes, you know, all the time, you know. <laughs>
0: Inexplicable.
1: <laughs> Applicable.
0: Applicable. Unstickable. Yeah. Keep going easy.
1: It's kinda like a skateboard, it's a little bit flippable. You gotta get on it. You gotta go flow down the street. You gotta go with the beat. It's extraordinarily neat. So, for, and for those who
4: are listening <laughs> wow. and don't realize, you just made that up on the spot.
1: Uh, Freestyle. <laughs> yeah. Owen Owen inspires me. And by the way, I said Steve Lawson beatboxes for him, but he does it expositorily. Yeah, you right. it. yeah. 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 Uh, clause by clause. Yeah, well, it's Owen, it's great to have you with us, man. Thank you. This isn't this really isn't like an interview. This is fellowship for us, brother. Brohood. Yeah. And those of you uh, that listen to the podcast, you know we we did a few episodes with Owen back in the day. Yeah. But he's back, friends, because today his book drops: How to Fight and Win mm. Against the War on Men. And that's mm. what we want to talk about today, bro. Was that was that like a labor of love that book?
0: Yeah, this book has been uh, a long time coming for me, The War on Men. It's with Salem Books, and... um I was uh, the president of the Council on Biblical Manhood and Womanhood for a while. Yeah. And uh, so got to work on these issues starting in 2012. I was executive director and then president. So um, I've been concerned about men for a long time. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people have. That's not like a rocket science reality for us to see that men are struggling. Men are struggling tremendously today. Men are told that they're toxic. And, And it's one thing for us to hear that as mature adult men who know how to handle ourselves and take arrows. It's another thing for boys and young men to hear that they're toxic, yeah. that, that they're, they're lower than women. There's something wrong with them that is not wrong with little girls. So I just have a burden, a pastoral burden, an evangelistic burden, you could say to help men and help boys and help young men. I'm I excited
4: you're uh, writing this book. I've read uh, of boys and men, and I've read the war on boys. Uh, and those, the, the, some things that those books highlight is exactly what you're talking about. We think like, what, what's the big deal? People maybe don't realize the stats. Like, uh, the dropout rate is significantly higher for boys and girls in high school. The, the rate of successful suicide for men is significantly higher than girls. Women are divorcing men at a greater rate than men are divorcing women. Yes. Uh, you know, SAT scores, college admission, like, I mean, the stat line from about 12 years old until 25, 30, prison rates, all of it is significantly greater yep. uh, for men than it is for women. What's wh- why? What's going on?
0: Man, that's a great question. And what I talk about in The War on Men is basically that feminism has succeeded, uh, would be a quick uh, answer there. So feminism launched an attack on biblical manhood and womanhood about 60 years ago, Uh, later stage feminism, that is, we might call it second or third wave. And it's, it's brought into today the idea in broader culture that, again, it's basically not good to be a strong man. That's in particular what's targeted. Not just general manhood, that's targeted, yes, but being a strong man, being assertive, being a risk taker, telling other guys to man up or be strong or something like that. You can go on Brown University, for example, I cite this in The War on Men, this book, and you can find a page on toxic masculinity, and that's how they define toxic masculinity, the way probably the four of us have have raised Mm -hmm. sons insofar as we have to be to be assertive, to be a leader, to hold doors for women, those kind of things, those behaviors are now called toxic. So basically what that reduces to, any man who is showing any strength or initiative or leadership should step back and not be that way and actually should be rewired so he doesn't do that. And that is absolutely uh, violent to the nature of a man. It's not that a man always has to lead or always has to have the most to say or something like that, but it is wired into men from God himself, that when there is a threat on premises, when there is something that goes bang in the night downstairs, right. a boy or a man wants to respond to that, wants mm. to show that he's a man, wants to show that he's strong. That's First Kings 2, two. Be strong and show yourself a man, mm. David to Solomon. Yeah.
3: Sounds like you're mansplaining. <laughs> I, I was, we were yeah. down in Huntington Beach and uh, I got into a conversation evangelizing and the subject of abortion came up. The people I was talking, to brought up the subject of abortion, and so I started to respond. And the lady said, "Sounds like you're ma- you're, you're mansplaining right now." And I was very tempted to say, "What is mansplaining?" And then as soon as she explained that, I wanted to say, "It sounds like you're woman splaining, mm-hmm. right?" So it's so one sided, yes. right? That that we are always in the wrong, no matter what. There's yes. nothing you can say. There's nothing you can do. You are just wrong, and now you need to be silenced. Hmm. Unless you're going to celebrate me, in yeah, my no. opinion.
0: And that's even the way it goes in the church. You know, the, the Mother's Day sermon will be praising the very essence of womanhood. And the Father's Day <laughs> sermon will be, you idiot fathers do better. Uh, yeah. Now, there's all sorts of things that men need to work on. Men are sinners. This book isn't soft, gloving, sinful manhood. We're hmm. saying, no, we need to be changed. We're headed for hell. We need the gospel of divine grace. We need the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse us. But women and men are equally sinful. There's not yeah. one that's worse than the other contra what our
1: culture says. right? You know, what excites me about this book, Owen, is you're writing from a, an, a scholar's perspective, but knowing you personally, I know that you bring it down to street level. That's so important. And for those of you that don't know, uh, Dr. Owen Strand, he's a provost and research professor of theology at Grace Bible Theological Seminary. And so I, I'm glad that those two elements are going to be married together, no doubt, in the book. And, and you know... I want to do a few things during our time together. I I want you to kind of talk about the war on men and define it for us. So like, what is it exactly? Mm -hmm. Then I want us to get into the roots of it. We want to know the history. Where did this come from? You touched on it lightly here a moment ago, but I want you to kind of get deeper into that. And then I I want you lastly to give us a battle plan. Like how do we fight? How how do we counter this first as men who are called to be leaders in the church leaders, In our community leaders in our families Mm -hmm. how do we how do we fight it and uh, and turn the tide so let's let's start with uh, what you mean exactly by the war on men i mean that the very idea that manhood
0: is a god created and good reality is militated against Hmm. our culture opposes strong manhood Hmm. and it opposes it as i said Primarily first from that angle of masculinity is toxic today. So if you're teaching boys and young men that they are inherently toxic, that is you declaring war on their mm. God-given nature mm. as a man. That's that's mm. not something that by the way a 10-year-old boy, think of a 10-year-old boy in a public school, not even a Christian. How is he gonna know how to respond to that? What mm. is he gonna say to that? Is he gonna quote the opposite side of the gender theorist and say, well actually decide a study? Uh, manhood is not toxic i would uh, cite smith and jawanski on that no no he's just going to hear that he's not going to know what to do our culture therefore is stifling boys our culture is opposing boys our boys don't fit in our culture increasingly you see a war on men and on boys when uh, they are prescribed medication for example for different conditions some boys need that but a lot of boys are just being boyish in a school setting for example but they're in trouble perpetually they don't They don't have spaces in which to be a boy. And you recognize in terms of factors and causes, lastly, that again, feminism has had a massive effect on our culture. Think about how women 10 years ago by Sheryl Sandberg were called to lean in. What she was saying is women should lead. That's that's (laughs) the idea. We're not saying there's never a context where a woman can lead in business or something like this. But what I am saying is that men are hearing in that kind of call to not lean in, to lean back. Right. Look at the superheroes in all sorts of movies. Now, male superheroes are saved, usually, regularly, yeah. by mm. female superheroes. Right. Often the female superhero weighs a buck ten, maybe, but she's the one saving this 220-pound man. It's not that a woman mm. never saves a man, but there's yeah. just a cultural narrative that's yeah. very strong today. Well, what? Yeah. good. I don't,
1: no.
4: uh, what? Why do women mean biblically masculine men? How does this benefit women and children?
0: That is good such a good question. You think about the song about 30 years ago, Where Have All the Cowboys Gone?, mm. which was an early cry from deep within feminist circles of a recognition that something's being lost. Yeah. That, that women... Wait a minute. This whole modern thing where women enter the same roles as men, that's what feminism argued for, basically, in its second wave, in its third wave, women are equally uh, head of the home in the church. Women are equally pastors in terms of Christian circles. Women are equally providers and protectors. Men are not called to that role in a unique way. But that song that I cite, Where Have All the Cowboys Gone, is, is this woman saying, wait a minute, I don't have strong men around me anymore. Where did they go? Yeah. And there was a TikTok video just a few months ago that basically said the same message. It was this young woman saying she wanted to basically, in so many words, a strong man, but she didn't want him to be conservative. And so you just recognize that there's actually a lot of women out there who want a man who is strong for them, who in some form at least leads them, protects them, and provides for them, but then they're trained by the culture right. not to want the ideology the, 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 the theology, the truth that creates those kind of men. So women are in a very bad predicament today.
1: No. And you know, even, even from the the protector standpoint, I, I saw a video on this recently that was just brilliant, where a man was saying, look, women these days, feminists especially, don't really realize what they're asking for. Mm. Because in the end, if men pull back from being protectors, it's going to be the demise of our society and women are are going to be in a woeful position. That's really what Jordan Peterson has has said. He's called for men to be dangerous.
0: And he doesn't mean for men to be dangerous against the innocent. He doesn't mean to go attack somebody and show you're dangerous he has pointed out that men need to have the capacity to defend themselves and others. There needs to be a controlled danger about them. And I would argue, I think that's actually found in scripture too. I think a a man is called to act like a man. So you recognize there is a strength in a godly man, in a man who is saved by divine grace. The weakness that Paul speaks of in first Corinthians nine and other texts is not Paul saying literally like, I can't lift my Bible off the shelf or something, or I can't, I can't even write on a, on a piece of paper. Paul is saying, I'm spiritually weak. But then look at what Paul does. He goes on these four massive missionary journeys. So you've got to read weakness in the right way. And we need to just know that, yes, if men are being called to be soft and passive And live in a plastic world and have a plastic sex slave on pornography on their phone and these not a wife not build a family have a plastic vocation not build a real job these kind of things then what's going to happen is not that women are going to thrive women aren't getting safer with soft men everywhere around us it's actually becoming much more dangerous because the the evil men will keep rising and proliferating and there are no protectors left where have all the cowboys gone That
4: actually leads me to my next question, which is, uh, you know, I I got to read the book very quickly because I got it like two days ago. So (laughs) I'd like to have finished it. But I noticed that you you bring up Jordan Peterson, Joe Rogan and things of this nature. You bring them up in a good, but you also seem to pause before calling them the the answer. And, And I like that you do that. Why is the Jordan Peterson's, the Joe Rogan's not enough? In other words, mm-hmm. what is it about biblical masculinity that we don't five in the, in the vacuum yes. uh, that is being experienced right yeah. now?
0: Those figures and others, the manosphere, they say some truths about manhood. They, they have a common grace purchase, I would say, on certain realities of manhood. They call men to discipline, to courage, to self-control in the right sense, to strength. But ultimately, the only way you can inhabit manhood rightly and to God's glory is to know Jesus Christ. And this is ultimately where the conversation goes. It goes to Christ. Christ was both tender, calling the little children to him, Matthew 19, 13 to 15, and he was tough, making a whip of cords in the temple, John 2. So that's ultimately the emblem of of Christianity for men and women alike, but especially when you're a man and you're looking at Christ's life, you're like, oh, by the power of the gospel, that's what's missing, Oscar. It's the gospel that's missing from all these other discussions, so we don't just have a little bitty contribution to make as Christians in the manhood conversation or the womanhood one. We have the contribution Mm -hmm. to make.
3: Uh and speaking of that contribution you know when when you write a book it's because you have something you want to say You, you want to get out there is there a portion of your book is there a chapter where you say to yourself this is the part that i'm really excited to get out there that i want people to learn whether it be educational inspirational equipping but this is the part that you think is missing inside the church or there's a better explanation on how to handle that part We love to give things away, we love
1: to give things away, and that's why we will do that every single day here on the Living Waters Podcast. That's right, friends, we're giving away goodies for those of you who go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form. We are giving 10, believe it or not, 10 different people each week. Goodies from Living Waters, a $100 value for each box. You'll get tracts and books and the podcast mug and all kinds of good things. So make sure to participate at livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. And make sure to listen to the very end of the podcast where you will hear the announcement of the winners every week.
0: Yeah, that's also a good question. Well, chapter seven and eight, cover realities that Christians don't talk a lot about. So chapter seven covers uh, the physical distinctiveness of men. And you'll you'll hear pastors in our circles, conservative circles, reform circles, however you want to frame that, Bible-believing circles. And they'll talk a little bit about biblical manhood sometimes, but you'll rarely ever hear, for example, this statistic, men have on average 2,000% more testosterone than women. I think sometimes we're scared of those kind of stats, mm. like, oh no, I'm quoting signs, I'm not quoting the Is that allowed? Can I do that? And we want to be careful about our authority, right? Bibles yeah, are our sure. ultimate authority, but we're, all truth is God's truth. And in that little stat, um, you, men, on, men on average have 50% more upper body strength than women. There's a second one. That Unless would, you're easy.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, and then it's 75%. Percent. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I had you wow. covered.
0: Uh, whew, what's getting hot up in, <laughs> up in the conference hall? Yeah, yeah. Um, I would just say... Those kind of stats, those are on average, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are women who can dunk a basketball and I can't or whatever. They can far yeah, out average. sprint me. Yeah. But on average. And that tells you something about how God has wired men. But yeah. our culture hates all those kind of distinctives. And then in chapter 8, I talk about h- what men are wired for. And I say things like, men do their duty. Men build a vocation. Um, men show up when no one else does. Men are ferocious against evil. Even a sentence like that, you say that in you know, even a church context. And people are like, <gasps> Yeah. Ferocious. Right. are you allowed to say that it's like <laughs> yes when there is evil on premises mm-hmm. and no one else is stepping up to handle it you set your jaw and you go against it in the power of god that's what we need in the public square for yeah. example that's what you guys represent but in a loving way i don't mm-hmm. i don't mean hate flesh and blood but we've got to recognize we have a foe his name is satan and we have to stand against Come him there are yeah. so many men who are just living a passive life even in the church and they're not right.
1: standing up for their wife their children their church and so on yeah you know the 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 image that comes to my mind when I think about what the world is trying to do to men is is like trying to to, to shear the mane off of every lion, mm. and and just that's know, a good picture. That, no no lions you can't be you can't be wearing the manes you know that's offensive. And it's like, are you kidding me? This yes. is who God There's has. There's no way you
3: just came up with that. Men to be. You are not that I, smart. You did
1: so humble that's and me. Sick. Put that in the book, bro, if you can. Next Put print, that in the book. You don't it. have to actually <laughs> revise it. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like but but that's that's what it's like. Yeah. And you know, the bully pulpit of the world, man, mm. is so so effective. Yes. And this has been this has been being preached. I mean, I've said for years, you know, how how television, even come you go back to the Simpsons, right? There's Homer, the idiot, the, the the doofus, oh dad, always being made fun of. I mean that's that seems funny and cute, but man, that that preaches. Yeah. That impacts people you know, see it all over the place. So Dude.
0: true. It's had a tremendous impact. All these factors. That's why the war on men, I, I isolate factors, but honestly there's almost too many to count. There's yeah. so many factors against what I call strong Manhood, godly manhood. You, you think about these videos now that are seemingly on our social media every hour where there's some fight in public, some awful, you know, brawl breaking out. Yeah. And what do you see so frequently on camera? People standing around, right? Yeah. Just standing. Right. Or or or, or filming it, yeah. you know, for, for shock value. <laughs> and and a lot of those people are men. Yeah. That's right. So something is profoundly oh, changed. me crazy. Where men won't step up. But see this is the deal. Yeah. You can get really mad at men for not stepping up, right, or boys or young men. You can go, you idiot boys. And that used to be the way Christians were talking in the reformed and conservative space yeah. about 15 years ago. You know, just rants and tirades against men. Here's what I realize, and here's where what I try to bring to the table in this book, The War on Men. Men have been coached that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Men are penalized right. now if they step up yeah men have, have had a needle stuck in their neck, and they've mm. been anesthetized. Men have had the mane sheared off of them. You're exactly right. So why are you expecting men to be courageous when they've been told not to be?
1: right? yeah, and and at the same time, Mark, you remember uh, years ago we had that uh, representative from the Church of Satan come and and we did you know Ray did an interview with him. This guy shows up, and he was he was a homosexual, very effeminate. He came to mind recently, and I looked him up. And I was like in shock, right? And this is speaking to the vacuum that Oscar referenced a little bit ago. And so I look him up and this guy is like rip. He's huge. I, I go on like I a like yeah. one of <laughs> like us. Yeah. Like one of yeah. me. Yeah. And uh, I, I uh I, I watched a video of his. He's become like this big voice now in the in the you know, movement for restoring masculinity. Yes. Like, what? yeah. That I, guy? That's him. Yeah, and, and I was in shock, but it really speaks to the vacuum, don't you think, uh, Owen, in that people are now beginning to say, hey, th- we don't like this, but unfortunately, they're willing to, to accept fully some of these guys that, that really have, have some issues oh. that are speaking to, you know, like like uh, um, an Andrew Tate yes. as an example. Oh, you know, yes. it's like are you serious? Yes. But it's like, there's such a vacuum. There's like, there's a problem. Yes. But they're not going to the right place where the gospel's included. That's where I was going next with, with what you were setting up
0: there. I was going to go to Andrew Tate because men want to be strong. Okay, yeah. every man wants to be strong, innately. Every boy does. I don't mean that's going to go right in yeah. every case. In fact, in a lot of cases, because of our sin nature, it's going to go very much wrong. That's why yeah. you have gangs. That's why you have yeah. terrible activity among kids, you know that takes place. But fundamentally, men don't want to be weak. Yeah. Men want to be strong. So, so what does Andrew Tate project on his social media feed? He projects Owning Bugattis, beautiful women on his arm, anything he wants, and he walks around. And, you know, he's an, kind of an impressive guy. He's a kickboxer, whatever he is, and and that has a pro- that has a very powerful effect on young men in particular. Mm, right. Because, but think about it. Think about it not just critically, but sympathetically. For the audience, the audience has been told not to be strong. The audience has been told to just sit on the couch and and get puffed up and eat chips and not steward your body and watch porn and not go to work and all these things. And so what happens when you've got this muscled, ripped guy speaking into a camera and talking, by the way, very strong, very assertively, that's gonna speak to you. Here's the deal. I call this form of manhood in the book exaggerated manhood. It's Samson manhood. It's not actually biblical manhood. It It has a kind of, element of it in the strength, but it's not virtuous strength. It's uh-huh. not godly
3: strength. Right. So it, it, so how do we redeem that? How do we change that? How do we grab a hold of the attention of somebody who looks up to Andrew Tate and says, okay, well, I want to be like that, I guess. Mm. How do we pour into the next generation of kids, my kids, your up yeah. your boy? How yeah. do, what do we say? What do we do? Where do we go? How do we lead? Great question. I think we,
0: we make clear to them that that instinct in them to be strong, to be a risk taker, to be aggressive, all, boys are wired differently, right? They're not all made to be high school quarterback, of no. you, know, uh, uh, you know, college D1 athlete. But, but we want to make clear that that instinct in you to want to be strong, to want to grow, to want to take responsibility. That's good. It's God that's God-given. That's God-given. That's, that's a divine call to you, actually, to, to rise from being a boy, 1 Corinthians 13, 11, and become a man, mm. but not just in a general way, not by going out in the woods and banging drums or you and your dad you know, having a knighting ceremony or something yeah. like this with a sword. That's not bad, necessarily, but the way you, the way you grow up from a boy to a man is you, you by God's grace, you know Christ, and then you seek to inhabit leader, protector, provider, Mm. self-control, being strong against evil and strong for the good, and that's when you are locking into Mm. manhood. It's all grace and Is that how
3: you model it as well for your your boy? I mean, is that what you do? It seems like I heard Todd Friel once say that, your children should know that you're the greatest sinner in the house. Mm. And the way he defined that was, it's because you're always pointing things out that you've done wrong, and then you're pointing to the grace of God. Yeah. Right? So it's not that you're actually sinning, you know, more than everybody else, but you are modeling yes. what it's like to be a man, right? I've often said that it's not our job to raise Christian children. It's our job to model what a Christian is yeah. for our children yeah
0: Yeah, two things i say to my son just to flesh this out i i I like what you just said i'll say to my son dads eat last when when there's like (laughs) food on the table for the small group meal or whatever it is you know at the potluck at church we still have a potluck at my church and um i'm i'm at the end of the line and i don't mean by that look at your dad how amazing is i'm like no this is this is because women go first boys do not rush to the table and then when i'm on a trip for speaking for ministry as you men do as well to some extent. I'll say to, to Gavin, you're the man of the house. Yeah. He's 12 years old, mm-hmm. so he's not technically deadly in force yet, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> coaching him into that, Amen. right? It, it has to be modeled. And, and yes, you have to be humble in this. This isn't just browbeating your son. This is right. what older generations, I think, didn't yeah. understand. Yeah. Yeah. They thought the way, to, the way to get your son to be a man was just to whip him into shape all mm-hmm. the time. Right. I yeah. think they missed one small element. Mm-hmm. Love. Mm-hmm. Yeah love.
4: That's so important, man. I, I, I've I shared on this podcast before I had an abusive uh, stepfather who wanted to raise me up to be like a little street fighter. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't a man until I got to hold my own. You taught me to punch first, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There was an element of that. Uh, most of that that was truly toxic, like yeah. in the actual intention of the word. Uh, and yet, I love what you're saying because it's so important that we raise our children in the smallest of ways to start yeah. to become men. I love what you just said. Yeah, you know, I can remember my son, uh, like I, I would do the same thing ever since he's been a baby. Uh, he's 12 as well. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, when I'm gone, you're the man of the house. And that started really small. Practically, it started small. And it was like this. If there's a spider, who's the one that kills it when dad's gone? Mm-hmm. Right. It was him. And I remember one time he was like two years old, still in diapers, I think. So maybe younger than two. Uh, and there was a spider and Kelly, my wife calls me and she's like, hey, he's a little nervous, you know, because and I'm like, yeah, I know. I'll walk him through it. Like yeah. it wasn't <laughs> that Kelly can't kill the spider. Sure. It was that I wanted him to see his role. And now when it's like when I get home from from a trip, he's like, I killed three spiders. I this week yeah. So those little ways, those little victories yep. for boys are so crucial uh, and something that actually our producer Eddie did with his kids was take them through sort of a, a, a process of becoming a man when they yeah. become teenagers, which is something our culture has lost, yes. like the movement from boy, you know, from, from being a boy to being a man. How can we, for the parents out there yeah. with teenage boys, what are rhythms? What are, what are practices that we can
0: do with our kids to help prepare them for manhood? Yeah. I love that. That Eddie did that and I think that's really valuable and helpful. There's not a biblical call at a certain age, you know, it's like the, the Jews have the bar mitzvah at age twelve. We don't have that in, in the New Testament as the call. But I do think we recognize that we're continually training our son to understand, especially as he gets into the middle years, pre-teen years, that he is now a young man. I even think just doing that. It is huge for for the way a boy thinks about himself. Like yeah. son, you are not. I say this to him sometimes. You are not a five year old. You mm. know, don't. No. We can't act like a five year old. We got to act like a young man because even though you're only twelve, you are a young man. And and then there are ways we can take that out and concretize that, formalize that with our sons, and that is good. So much of what we have to do, though, guys, it is is put an arm around our boys. Yeah. yeah. And I think even prior generations, they almost. They thought it was the right thing. I think they were trying, mm. yeah. but they thought it was the right thing to like have an arm away from their son, mm. push yeah. their son almost away into the That's wild to good. become a boy yeah. or even take a hand against him. And of mm-hmm. course, I'm not I'm not speaking of a spanking or something like that, but I am saying a lot of what we do to raise sons to be godly men by the grace of God is not arm against them yeah. it's arm around That's them good. Amen. and 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 yes you do have to say you to do a fair amount of correction by the yeah, way no. for boys right i mean let's be honest boys have two thousand percent more testosterone on average <laughs> that creates real problems for mom when she's homeschooling all day let's no. not sugarcoat this yeah. boys can be a real handful right no. if boys are not shepherded and discipled and saved by the grace of god
1: they can cause major mayhem but again Arm around the shoulder, baby. I Arm around that. the shoulder. You know, and it's interesting because recently I was watching a, an older movie and and this son had accomplished something great and the father reached out his hand and they shook hands. Huh. And it was just a reminder, like you said, of that older generation, yeah. right? Yeah, it's so formal. and so. But, you know, one of the things that delights me is to see the redemption that has been happening. Yes. Uh, you know, in our circles, there are so many young men. If you, if you ask for, for a raise of hands in a room where the overwhelming majority would, would raise their hand when you ask how many of you are from divorced families. Yes. But the trend is changing. You know, like I said, even within my own circles, I'm seeing these young men now being brought up by fathers that stayed at home. Yes. And we're, we're there. So it's great to see that. So, so give us the history. Take us back. Well, where did this start? What are the roots?
0: The roots are um, what we would call second and third wave feminism. So in the 1960s, the idea really catches on in culture that young, young men and young women shouldn't be inhabiting different roles in the home or in the church. They should have the same roles. And that comes to fruition and flowering in the 80s and 90s where you've got sort of power suit feminism in the public square. And now and today you've got fourth wave feminism, so-called, which really isn't fourth wave feminism at all, it's it's really gone queer. Feminism has gone queer, mm. but that influence, that movement, has has caused massive effects in culture and society for men because men are now no longer looked to as the leader. There's no longer uh, this this cue, this understanding that men should step up and do the hard thing. Yeah. There there's there's now actually really the opposite wiring for a young man when I'm around young men in in my sons basketball team back in Arkansas. This is not high-flown basketball, okay? <laughs> but it is. It is, uh, I'm an assistant coach. I've stepped into the coaching ranks because I want to connect with my son and I love him so much. Uh, he's a great young guy. So anyway, you, you have to train these boys, I've learned, to catch and to rebound. Okay, I don't mean become this amazing rebounder. I mean they don't have the instinct to even really go get the ball. Wow. And it has been so instructive for <laughs> me. In showing me that, again, as I've said, boys have had the assertiveness and the aggressiveness extracted from them. Mm. I'm not the
3: fundamentals, tra- yeah, which should be commonsensical, have been removed from the boys today.
1: Yes,
0: uh, that
3: I, I remember. We, we had a missionary inside of Uganda who uh, was overheard saying, "If a spear is being thrown at you, if you flex, the spear will bounce off of you." <laughs> and we think, well, it's common sense that that is not accurate. That is not true. Yes. But common sense is actually a learned trait. So when we begin to think through what is the next generation of boys being taught, yeah. we need to make sure we're doing our job at home with these fundamentals, which were once considered so common sense. Yes. And they're really not.
0: The bad news is that our culture has basically abandoned boys. Well, it yeah. has abandoned yeah. young men. I'm talking about secular culture it 's a wild world out there mm. here 's the good news sorry here 's the good news in the church we have a tremendous opportunity to make disciples and that 's what Peterson shows us. Yeah. Peterson was nothing other than a father in public in the last decade, roughly rounding up a little bit uh, he, he didn 't get it all right i don 't agree with him on all things, but he he said to transgender pronouns in Canada no. That's what yeah. your dad says yeah. to things that you shouldn't do. No. Yeah. And then, and then he stood up and he called people to responsibility and maturity and self-control from his own worldview, not a Christian worldview, right. but Christian influence to some level. And people responded like crazy to that. Yeah. And so here's the deal. We as Christians, yes, the world is on fire, but we have an amazing opportunity mm. because of how bad the world is. The world isn't even trying to form men. Mm. Yeah. So we've lost competitors in the market. Yeah. And, and we've almost got the market. To ourselves. Mm. You know,
3: it's interesting. I was watching a video yesterday of Jordan Peterson and he was in tears. He was crying down. Maybe you've seen the video where he was talking about we need to scare the hell out of our boys. Mm. And he went on to explain what he meant by that. And it was not anything Christ centric in the midst of it, but he was talking about heading down the stream of the feminism in which we're heading. Yes. And that scares him to death. And he was so emotional with his Christless conservatism that uh, he doesn't know where to go. He doesn't know what to do with that. And then we have guys inside the church that don't know how to handle that because this is not even being taught anymore. It's just being swept underneath the rug. That's right. This is why I appreciate, I'm so excited to read your book Uh that comes out today. Today,
1: the war on men. So so real quick, what can the church do Mm -hmm. to counter this? Leaders within the church, those that have by God's grace, influence over the people of God who are called to be salt and light in this world. Yes. What can they do? Yeah, we have to reconceive of church. And we've got to think of church, not just as
0: something we do on Sunday morning at 11 a.m. or whatever time you go, but we've got to think of church as biblical worldview training center Hmm. and discipleship center. And I'm saying very basic things. This is not genius theology talking, but too many churches are just preaching points where people go, show up, do their thing, shake a few hands, eat a donut, and leave. Yeah. And, and we've got to recognize, whoa, 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 whoa. The culture has basically disintegrated. In terms of this issue of manhood, um, it's it's abandoned boys. Mm-hmm. And, and not just abandon them, it's targeting them. Mm-hmm. So we have to do the hard work of forming boys to be men. We've got to have actual teaching on that. We've got to have programs or youth groups or whatever that have a real eye to that. We've got to raise up men in the church to be disciples of the boys and young men who come in who don't have a father. We don't just want those boys and young men from the community who come in to sort of sit there and then leave. We want the older men to see themselves as having something really valuable to teach these young men, all anchored in the gospel of divine grace. So in sum we've got to be a kind of field hospital. Okay. It's a war zone out there. Don't think of our culture as just vaguely not really on cue with manhood. No, it's actively working against boys and men. And that's not just a generic issue. Actual flesh and blood boys and young men are being profoundly harmed by this. So we, we set up a field hospital in the middle of it.
4: Uh, Two things. One, I have a great rebounding drill for you.
0: Oh, uh, uh, we'll talk later
4: because uh, we had the same thing, but we uh, we fixed that problem. OK, um, good. Second thing is, I, I love what you're saying. I think you're absolutely right. You know, I'm, I'm thinking uh, one, um, historically, the, 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 the movement from being a boy to being a man, like when you were when you were a, a little boy, you were your mother's son. Mm. And at some point during puberty, traditionally, uh, and all traditions have this in Christianity and Judaism and beyond, what would end up happening? in your uh, in in puberty is that you would go from being your mother's son to your father's son and you would begin to go to work with your father and yes. you would begin to take on tasks alongside. You would become an apprentice of your father. And in this day and age we lose that. yes, Right? Because the dad is the doofus. The dad is either the, the workaholic, the doofus, the, the exhausted yes. one, the one that's too busy. And so then these boys go to the internet for so, a
0: substitute. Wow. So here's what that is. So good, here's what I've been doing. I don't have this, you know, bootstrapping, exciting, roughneck existence vocationally. My dad walked the woods of Maine for a living. That was his job. That's a pretty Wait, cool job. A job. That was a job. And that's that cool. Walk that's, the
3: woods. I'm going to pay you to
0: walk the woods. Yeah. I mean, as a forester, that's just a cool uh, vocation, but I don't have that. I go and I mostly type on a computer, you know yeah. what I mean? Or talk to But people. really manly-like. Very manly. It's a very manly type, very thing, very I will businessly. say. But what I want to do is I still want to integrate him as much as I can into my vocation. I want to train yeah. him this that he's a worker. I I tell him today, you know, you got homeschool to do and then I need 30 minutes of weeding. And, you know, so we're in suburbia, okay? We're not in the, you know, the vast Canadian winterlands or something like this where he can roam like a young bear. But (laughs) I can train him. I still can train him. And and this is the kind of things we have to do as as fathers. We've got to get off our devices today. We've Amen. got to um, ignore the distractions. We've got to get in the Word ourselves and be spiritually focused. And then we've got to be intentional, fathers. Mm-hmm. We've got to see our son as one who probably needs even more coaching right. than we than we know. Amen.
4: And I think I think it, that's that's super helpful because as we talk about the culture, we can I can see a mom a dad feeling so overwhelmed. Like, yeah. what can we do about this grand narrative? There's nothing we can do, but. Listen, God has always moved in two places, in the home and in the church. And that's what we can do. So we talk about discipling our boys. But then I love that you went to the church as well. And let me give a shout out to to some of the guys at our church, like, because the thing is, is that we're not just fathers when we're in the church. We're not just men to our own sons. We're men to all the boys that go to our church. And, 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 And so, like, I can think of one guy at my church, like, I don't hunt or I've started to hunt because of him. He hunts and he was like, "Brian, he was like, hey Oscar, I- I'd love to take Levi hunting with me." Like he as you put it, wrapped his arm around my son. This yeah. is a retired police officer that's like, "Let me be an uncle." And then I think of one other story is uh, a good friends of mine, Danny and Matt. There's a young uh, there's a, a woman who's now a single mom at our church and her son is a rambunctious little guy and uh, he's a struggle. But here I am, I'm sitting around a fire pit and these two guys are like, hey men, it's time we step it up because he doesn't have a father. And so we have to be that figure for him in the church. We have to step in. And I love that. I love the idea of men in a local church not showing up to talk to their boys about fantasy football, yes. but showing up and looking down and seeing the little boys. And they're just going, how can I be an uncle? And here's, wow. here's
0: what that depends on. Sorry, cutting in. I know, no, no, I know no. we're almost out. No, but bro. It depends on paying attention to yeah. Th- yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so many boys today, like if I'm at the local basketball gym, not, not Christian events, just shooting around with my son. Yeah. If you ju- Guys, this whole, how do we fight the war on men? Oh, no. What's our massive program? Honestly, just pay attention to boys. Yeah, Just be kind to boys. Get down Amen. on one knee. Yeah, just say, oh. just, just, say, hey, nice shot. That yep. was a good shot, yeah. bro. Yep. How long you've been playing here? And engage them. And that's what you guys, by the way, honestly, this isn't puffing smoke. You guys do wonderfully. You engage people with mm. the love and truth of God. Mm. And that is what we need. We need Christians who pay attention Amen. to Amen. anyone
3: but to our boys and uh, to, to boys Easy did something that very great that was so intentional with his kids his boys specifically was that he reached out to a bunch of professionals inside their job force and he went up to them and said hey would you mind taking my boy with you to work so you're a police officer can he have a ride along you're a firefighter can he go there you're what are you and your boy I think both your boys did this, correct? Yeah, both right. Luke and Danny. Yeah. And they were able to see the workforce. Yeah. Sick. And I haven't heard of anybody doing that.
1: Yeah. yeah. And then each of them you know, we had crafted fifteen questions that they sat down afterward with the man that they went out with and asked them these questions and then they journaled it all and they have it, you know. And wow. one of my sons, he picked the career path. He went with one of our friends who's an owner. Uh, our friend Thomas Patel, he's a owner oh, operator yeah. of a couple Chick Fil A's. And yes. Now that's his trajectory. He's yeah. a manager for him now, and he's oh heading, wow. didn't work. He's a business major. So. I was
4: super honored. I was one of the men that got to take one of his boys out, and I was like, a meeting with him. Man, I'm super honored that your dad would like choose me. And he was like, well, he said you were the what not to do. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
3: yeah. right, uh, here's my final question, and I know we're so rolling out of time. Next person, and that is, are there a couple books out there on manhood that you go, you know what, get my book, but also get this book or listen to this guy or go to yeah. that website, what, what is out there besides your book that's coming out today? Yeah, um, Future
0: Men is a, is a solid book in some ways by Doug Wilson, um, um, Manly Dominion by Mark Chansky is not a well-known book, but it's got some good ideas. It's Good to Be a Man by Michael Foster and Non Tenant has some good stuff. Um, the Art of Manliness website that we're all aware of has stepped into the gap. Um, I'm part of a project now, I've, I've not said this publicly, uh, not that anybody cares, but I'm part of a project called Make Ready, Make Ready. We're on Instagram, it's The Make Ready. And what we're doing is we're trying to fill those some of those gaps that the Art of Manliness, for example, did, the guy there's a Mormon, but yeah. he's like teaching boys how to tie a tie, young yeah. men, how he's to great. shave. And mm-hmm. right. and and you can and a lot of people look at ventures like that or even conversations like we've just had and they go, oh, that's so stupid. <laughs> well, you Oh, look at you macho guys trying to be all manly and they mock us. But in truth, that's why young men are going to the internet to find basic right. advice, how to talk to a girl. The vacuum, yep. and It's this profound vacuum. So I pray Make Ready can be a little part of filling that gap. But beyond that project... We've just got to gotta start talking about practical manhood as well. Amen. We've talked mostly about, or, or a fair bit about theoretical. We've gotten practical too. Yeah. But this conversation isn't usually the conversation we have in Christian circles. We usually yeah. talk about, okay, this Bible verse, this Bible verse, conversation done. You've mm. got to help boys know how to talk good. to a girl. Yeah. Like seriously, you've got to help your boys know how to how to dress in different situations. You've got to help boys know how to fail. How do you yeah. react when
1: you fail? That's good. Yeah. These are the kind of things we've got to step yeah. up and provide. I love it. You know, and again, it's... It's with the end in mind, preparing them from the start, and with our boys as well. We did rite of passages. We did it with our girls, and they, they have a, gathered around them, the, the men or women of God, depending on their gender, who, Love who influenced it. them, impacted them, and then they, they initiate them into that manhood, and wow. we found it to be really powerful huh. with our kids. But friends, the war on men, the war on men, the war on men, you got to get it. If you're listening to this podcast on any platform, that means the book is available. It's out. Because it's being released today and so get it and then Owen, real quick how can yeah. people connect with your ministry and find out more oh, about you online you. that's social very kind. media all that thank you guys for this generous time by the way absolutely um, uh
0: i'm on twitter at or i guess it's x now at o-s-t-r-a-c-h-a-n and i'm on instagram at prof s t r s-t-r-a-c-h-a-n so those are two places you can go and um all right and make
1: ready you can check out make ready <laughs> yeah so remember war on men get it friends and owen honestly brother it's never enough time with you. Yeah, so, so We're, we're going to have to do this again and again and again. I hope so. We love it. I love you guys. All right, brother. Love you. God All right. bless. God bless you. Boom.
3: That's what you call fire. Wasn't that a great interview, guys, with Owen? I like that brother. I like him a lot. And I just want to say that uh, um, what he is doing is unparalleled, really, because he's on the front lines, and he is trying to equip and inspire people to um, be men. I mean, be a Amen. biblical man. Yeah. And he's uh, giving an example of that through his life and through his book. He, you know, he he was sitting in front of me as I was listening to Ken Ham, uh, his his message, and his kids are unbelievably oh. adorable. Yeah. My wife and I were just looking going, oh, I just wanna squeeze their cheeks.
1: Yeah, his son That's was illegal. throwing the football to us in the lobby and tricking us and yes. all kinds of things. So
2: Mark, you want more kids now?
1: Huh? <laughs> Give me more.
3: Inspire it? I just want to adopt all of them, but I can't. Yeah. Why
1: not? All right, friends. Well, there you have it. Make sure to get it now. Today, the war on men. It will not disappoint. Owen never does get it. Don't forget the track sample pack, Living Waters mug, the evidence study Bible, all at livingwaters.com. Thank you for joining us, friends. We'll see you here next time on the Living Waters
3: podcast.
1: The ultimate cure for insomnia. <laughs>
2: We have to have that last bit.
3: Yes. We can skip it if you want. No.